Blog Talk Radio. Infinite Love Talk Radio. We are your hosts. I am Doug Christie. And I'm Jackie Christie. And our show is more of a conversation between us and you, the listener. We welcome your calls and comments and want to cover any and all topics that's important to you. Okay, so here's how it works. We will break this show down into three parts. First, we're going to talk a little sports. Next, we're going to cover a few hot topics in the news. And last but not least, definitely we're going to cover relationships. Also, you can join in the conversation by calling 347-215-8305. Again, that is 347-215-8305. The chat room will be open during our entire show as well. So let's get started. To kick off our sports section, I thought I would turn the tables a bit and interview Mr. Christie myself. That's a little different because, you know, we're usually the ones behind the gun getting interviewed. But I want you, the listener, to help me. So make sure you call in, okay, and you can join in any time. So, Doug? Yes, yes. I want to know, first and foremost, what was your most embarrassing moment while playing in the NBA? Okay, most embarrassing moment while playing in the NBA. I I definitely have one, and that would be playing with the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was my rookie year. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm standing at the top of the key. We're playing the Phoenix Suns. So uh-huh. I'm standing at the top of the key. The ball is swung to me. And as it <laughs> swung to me, it looks like the seas of the ocean part. And I look down the pipe. What? And standing in, in front of the basket now is Charles Barkley. So in my mind, I'm saying, oh, here's my, here's my chance. I'm about to dunk on Sir Charles. So I head down. I start dribbling, heading down, take off, boom, two feet, jump in the air. I'm showing the ball. He still hasn't jumped yet, mind you. Now, he's still on the ground. So I'm thinking, what in the heck is going on? I'm about to dunk on his head. At the last minute, baby, at the last minute, Uh he jumps up, puts his hand in front of the rim, grabs the ball, and slams me on my back to the floor. No, he didn't. Now, that wasn't the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part came because all my teammates were laughing, and when I went into the locker room the next day, there is a picture of me with my hand down my pants, and the caption beside it says, uh, does anyone know if Doug still has his balls? Because Sir Charles took them last night. <laughs> <laughs> now that's hilarious. You are crazy. I didn't know that. You never shared that one with me. You know what? And I'm going to share one more with you. Now, this wasn't yeah. while I was in the NBA, but this was while, since I played basketball. I was in the seventh grade. I'm standing at the free throw line, but I'm not shooting. I'm rebounding. Now, I'm on the the guy who's shooting the ball is not on my team. So as soon as I he shoots it, I grab the rebound, and instead of taking it and passing it to my guard or somebody, I put the ball back in for the other team. No. Uh, oh, my goodness. I wouldn't even do that. No, uh, not even a basketball uh, player. Yeah, I, I, I freaked out. I almost peed <laughs> on myself, and, and everybody just rolled me from here on out. But those are probably the two most embarrassing things that have happened to me since I played basketball, period. Oh, my God. Okay. The next one is, and see, so you don't know what I – put down on my paper so I can ask you this stuff. These are things that I know everybody wants to know. And if they don't, they can call in with the stuff they do want to know. But this is the next question. Who is the hardest NBA player you have ever had to guard? Hmm. That's the easy one. No question. That, is, that would be Michael Jordan. And the reason that I say Michael Jordan is that 
during Michael's time, they were playing, when I say real basketball, you were still able to hold and hit and push and prod and do anything, and this man still went out there and dominated the game. But I would say he was the hardest to guard because he was a smart player from free throws to getting to the line to hitting you with jump shots. And what I would do to Michael is before the game, I would shake his hand, and then I wouldn't say a word to him. That would be it. We would just compete. I'd hit him, grunting, holding. He would hit me back. And the one thing that I respected about him the most is he never cried to the ref. He never said anything to the ref. And after the game, I'd go over and try to get an autograph for the kids and you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. And then the next one is name your 12-player dream team. Okay, I'll give you 15 because I know it's a lot of great players out there. So 15 and that's it. You can't name any more than that. Okay, um, let me think here. Um, okay, I would start with Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. one. Wow. I'd go with Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. Okay, got the big ticket in there. Okay. I'm going to take Steve Nash. He's going to be the machine that, that, that pushes everything, the brain behind it. I'm going to take LeBron James. Okay. I'm going to take Carmelo Anthony. Good choice. That is five. Then I'm going to go with Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Got to have a, another point guard, no question. I will take the beast, Dwight Howard, also with Orlando Magic. Um, let me go with uh, the German man, uh, German hops, Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. Then I will take uh, probably, I would have to say talent-wise, the best player right now is, is Kobe Bryant. I mean, skill-wise, the man is ridiculous. Then I'm going to take Dwayne Wade. I'm going to take Allen Iverson and T-Mac. That's 12. Now, you always got to have that the, the one that people might not think that you're going to put in there, and I'm going to take Josh Howard from Dallas. Then I'm going to take Shaq because you, you always got to have a big fella in there. And then, of course, for 15, I'm going to put myself in to, to make everything righteous. Okay, that sounds wonderful, and I'm glad you put yourself in, honey. The next question is, what advice would you give to young players coming into the NBA? Let me see. Um, Advice. Uh, First of all, being a young player, you you not always have the knowledge of the game. So I'm going to say, first and foremost, respect the game. Learn the game. The game is more than scoring. There's passing. There's cutting, there's defense, there's team defense. And one of the biggest things that I think is lacking is is you look at free throw percentages, and there's no excuse for a guy in the NBA to be below 70%. The guys are just way too talented. Um, Also, I would say take care of your body. You've got to understand that your body is your temple from the food you put in it to strength, I mean, I'm talking not just weights. I'm talking push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, just the body strength to be able to handle the rigors of the NBA. Also, flexibility and stretching. Make sure that you guys are stretching and staying flexible. Uh, Learn about baths, Epsom salt, learn to soak, and then also learn about massage. And I will say this, baby, all of this and more Mm -hmm. will be in my upcoming book, it'll be out in 2008, so not only you watch for it, but they watch for it, too. Okay, last I'll be but, looking for it, Oh, I know you will. <laughs> last but not least, I will say watch who is around you and ask yourself why. Be smart and stay out of trouble. 
And if you do get in trouble, please, please, please learn from that. Definitely. I agree with all of that. And then number five would be, what was it really like? These was a lot of people emailed us with this question. What was it really, truly like playing on the great Sacramento teams from 2001 to 2004? (laughs) That's a good question, one that's uh, asked a lot because so much has been said about the camaraderie of those teams. And from Webb to Scott Pollard, Vlade, Bobby, Peja, Gerald L. Boogie, who everybody doesn't know, that's Lawrence Funderburk. We call him L. Boogie. Uh, Hito, Mateen Cleves, and of course Jay Will, and I and I keep and and, and, and also Mike Bibby. But I also always say Jay Will because I, I'll tell you the first time that I was able to get out onto the court in the Sacramento Kings jersey. Jason Williams comes down the floor. I'm standing on the right wing, and he dribbles towards me, but all of a sudden, all in one, he passes it to me, and as I catch it, I hear him say, Shoot it, Shorty! And I was (laughs) like, oh, this is off the hook. We are about to have a good time. But that, uh, Bobby Jackson losing the bet and having to walk into Trump Towers in his underwear to Art Long having to do sets of lines on the plane, it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to play with those guys on a night-in and night-out basis. They were awesome. Uh, I think really, baby, that that was the way that the game was supposed to be played. It didn't matter who got the ball. You passed the ball around. You moved it. You had fun. At the end of the night, it didn't matter whose numbers were what. The win was the win, and we moved on. And I, I really I wish I was as good now as I was then because we probably would have won more games. <laughs> well, actually, you're better now. So. That's right. But, you know, I, I do have to add to that, honey. And I think that, you know, after watching you play on different teams that you played on, that was probably the one that felt like family, you know. Mm-hmm. And to see the different, you know, um, things you guys could do. Chris would do amazing things with his passing, and he was like the big brother to all you guys, and then Jason with his quickness, and it was so just, and then Mike Bibby came in and fit right in where Jason left off, so it was wonderful that, you know, we were able to witness something like that. We got a lot of um, fans in Sacramento that's rooting for them to get back there someday, so hopefully all you Sacramento fans that's tuning in, you guys, uh, you'll get back there. You know, uh, we pray for you. I, I think they will. I mean, uh, they have Jeff Petrie at the helm. He was the person that kind of set the tempo and put all that together. But I will say that it's hard sometimes to to match something like that because you get that right mix. You know how you you make something in the kitchen and then I bring it to you the next time and you say, baby, it just doesn't <laughs> taste the same. What the heck is going on? Make it like you made it the first time. Yeah. That's kind of how that was. You had the right mix, the right temperaments, the right people in the right places. And uh, I will say to any Sacramento Kings fans that are that are listening, it was an honor to play before you guys and to all my teammates that I played with there. My hat goes off to you guys. Keep it keep it moving. Keep it pushing. Yeah, yeah. And then I got another one, and this is the final one, and then I'm going to get you off the hot seat. Okay. This one is, what are your 2008 finals? Now, this is the championship predictions, barring any trades, new additions, people joining the team late, like in February after the, you know, all-star <laughs> break, you know, all that stuff that comes with the NBA in a, in a normal season. Who do you have as the two teams to make it all the way, and then who's going to take it home? You you kind of got some good questions. You, you <laughs> look at me, you know, sports center or something around here. Oh. But I would have to say 
in the Eastern Conference, granted, there, there's been a lot of new stuff going on. You got in the East, you got Boston now, who's looking fantastic. I think New Jersey's going to do some things. Chicago, definitely Cleveland. But I would say that I, I think watching them in the preseason, the class of the East is going to be the Detroit Pistons. That's who I'm looking to reach the finals in the Eastern Conference is Detroit. Now, well, I got Dallas. I just thought I'd tell you that. You know, oh, they just acquired Jerron Howard, so you already know what that's going to mean. You know, he's going to swing from the four to the five. Not that I'm a basketball player or anything, but, you know, I was reading up on it and stuff, you know. They said he was there in 2001. See, I, I gave you the East, and then he just, you went straight for the throat and said, who you think no. is going to win it? That's going to make me change no, my no, prediction. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In the West, it was very hard baby in the west and i think that you hit it on the head with the dallas mavericks but you look at phoenix you look at some of these other teams and and they are powerful out in the west but i would i would have to say that dallas is going to be the class of the uh, the western conference now coming down with dallas and detroit I, i've i've been going both ways with it i consulted my sports guru Chantel christie in the theater okay and she told me that the dallas mavericks are going to win the championship what do See? you think about that well our 14 year old daughter saying that and the mama you betting 100 well, that, that should so then I should go with Detroit. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> so. Anybody want to ask us any questions? Please feel free. We got some callers on the line. Please definitely chime on in. Well, the East and the West, I think it's going to be some great battles, epic battles, just like last year with uh, Phoenix and San Antonio was a fantastic battle. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, you're going to have the Dallas Mavericks and you're going to have the Detroit Pistons. Out of those two, I think that it is Dallas's time. If it's ever been their time, it's now. If not, that team, I think, is going to explode because your window is getting closer and closer. But enough sports, baby. What do you think we go on to some hot topics? I think that will be great. Now, it's going to be hot topics that we're doing or hot topics in the news? Hot topics in the news. Okay. And as always, please feel free to call in at 347 215-8305. Again, 347-215-8305. And do do not let me forget to tell the people that at the end of the night, what do we got? We have a book, and it's going to be called No Ordinary Love. It is our title. We just wrote it. We'd love to share it with the caller, the first caller that can call us, and we won't tell you what the contest is going to be until we get to that part of the show. But please stay tuned because you have an opportunity for us to ship you a signed autographed copy of our book, and it is our baby, so it's very special. Okay. Well, today's first hot topics, first hot topic, excuse me, is going to be pit bulls and the family. Now, if you love dogs and if you ever had the opportunity to be around a pit bull, you would probably understand where I'm coming from because these are great family pets. They're very intelligent, extremely loving. But, honey, let me interrupt you. A lot of people wouldn't say that. They would say, no, pit bulls maul children. They bite their faces off, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, explain to them why we've had a dog and we absolutely love pit bulls. No question. Uh, I just I, I love the animal. I think that you can't judge a pit bull, or any dog for that matter, by the actions of their owners. Because if you treat a dog very bad and you push him to be bad, and especially a pit bull because, they, because of their temperament and their aggressiveness, they will become a bad animal. 
But let me tell you a story, and, and baby, I know that you can chime in on this because uh, I, I wasn't at home, but I, I know the story, and it was one that I think touched your heart and ultimately maybe won you over to the pit bull side. Mm-hmm. Now, that, this is about our dog, Rasta. Rasta was a pit bull and uh, a, a very aggressive, mean-looking pit bull. Beautiful dog, though. Red brindle, just just a, a fabulous specimen, about 95 pounds. Well, we're living in Toronto, Canada, and I'm away on a road trip, and our daughter Chantel is sleeping in the front room, and my wife is in her bedroom, and we had been putting him in our bathroom because, you know, this is, was his, his area where he would calm down and he would relax. We didn't have a gate, so I told my wife, just put a suitcase in front of it. He knows better he's not going to leave out of there, and he never would. He would always stay in there until that suitcase was moving and he would come on out. Well, one day, as, as I'm away on a road trip, the alarm in the condominium complex goes off, and those alarms in Toronto are a little different. I mean, it sounds like the world is about to end. Mm-hmm. And my wife calls me on the phone, and she goes, you won't believe what Rasta just did. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what does this dog done did? Because, you know, time to time he would bite on my shoes and stuff, but that comes with being a, <laughs> a dog owner. It, that doesn't yeah, matter what kind true. of dog you have. That's true. So when the alarm goes off, Rasta jumps over the suitcases, runs not to my wife. He runs to Chantel's door of her room and sits down and turns around and faces away from the baby just to let people know. I mean, granted, my wife was the only one in the house, but if you come inside this room, you're going to have something to deal with. Those are the things. Yes, baby, that that I would have to speak on as far as pit bulls. And I would definitely have to chime in and say, as far as protecting our daughter, it was amazing. I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to animals that's bigger than me and that kind of thing and that's stronger and more powerful and what more than a pit bull. And so I'm like, honey, you sure? But he had him since he was a baby, and I was a little nervous at first, but as I got a, was around him in a scene, he was like a little boy. He was so smart and lovable, and when he did that, you're right, that's when it won me over because I knew he would protect our daughter at all costs. He didn't know what was going on, and, you know, the alarm scared him as it did myself and everyone else, but I felt so safe once he stood there and done that. So we just wanted to, you know, we had a lot of people emailing and talking to us and asking us about pit bulls. Um, some people knew we had one, and they are thinking of getting a dog. And so they were, you know, really curious of what our thoughts are as far as animals and the family. So we thought we'd cover that in our Hot Topics, you know, first and foremost. It's a it's a very sweet dog, but you got to remember to take care of them, being, you know, kind to them. And definitely we um, did have training as far as my husband training the dog and, you know, just being really good to him. We treated him like he was a family member because he was. So that's what I think also softened the whole situation. And, and let me say this. You you have in a lot of cities, baby, you have mm-hmm. bans on pit bulls that's now. Right. Like that's Ontario, right. there's like Enumclaw, Washington here right. that ban pit bulls. But, but I would have to say that, you have to understand that the people who are owning these dogs, the criminals and the abusers of these animals, yes. will ultimately, if you ban them from that area, they're not going to stop. They're just going to go to a different and breed honey, of dog. I have, to, I have to also tell you, sometimes the people that own them that aren't treating them right are not criminals, but maybe they don't know how to treat an animal, especially a pit bull, or they're feeding them you know, bloody meat because they hear that makes them tougher and they don't understand that the dog is going to be confused or they got a dog that someone else misused. 
So be careful and know where you're getting your animal from is what I would suggest. But they're lovable animals. They're like little teddy bears. And you can, you know, you definitely got to be cautious with any animal, and that's just even a regular puppy because sometimes they get a little feisty around your children. So, you know, my my thoughts are they're lovable, and I, I want to get five. So <laughs> I'm all for the pit bull. Oh, I think that that, that is a, a sign-off to me that you guys will be hearing about the Christie's having a couple new dogs here in the future, <laughs> no question. But from U.S. Customs to canine, police dogs, they are loved world worldwide, and they're also known as the nanny dogs. Did you yes. know that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. I heard about that. So I don't know, but enough of pit bulls and us trying to sell you guys on those. Just if you, you know, check them out, read up on them. There's lots of information on the Internet as well that you can get. But I have another topic for you. What's I that? would like to know, because I know Joe Torrey was the Yankees manager for quite some time. Oh, yeah. And I heard through the grapevine and doing my, you know, current events news checking uh-huh. that they have a new manager okay. and that he is a New York University alumni. What that means, I have no idea, because, remember, I, I don't know these things. Get out of here. Let's talk about that. Well, that would be Joe Girardi, and I, I would have to say that, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I definitely think that Joe Girardi is a, is a good pick to replace Joe Torre. But first, before we, we I compliment Girardi, let me say about Joe Torre, I just can't see you replacing Joe Torre, period, because right. this man's record is just astounding. But I do does. know he didn't win in the last few years, honey. What about that? That's, there's people that's going to say, but he's not a winner anymore. Oh, uh, that, no, that's not true, because what is winning? Winning is looking at what you've done during the year. If you judge him by okay. World Series okay. every time, some teams have never even won a World Series. How about that? That's How about that? This man won four of them, I believe, in his first or three of them in his first five years, something like that, which wow. is just a ridiculous record. But, uh, I mean, they're always independent race if they're not winning it. And, I mean, like I said, I think that Girardi is going to do a fantastic job because, A, they are in transition. He's coming in and looking at it now. They have a lot of free agents. You look at the the fact that they might not get back their best player in Alex Rodriguez, so that's going to be a, a Where's hard Alex thing. Rodriguez going? Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely know that he's not coming to the Mariners. My best get, best bet would be that he ends up in Chicago with the Cubs. I think that that's a market that has the type of money that they're going to need because they're going to need a Brinks Bank truck to pay this man. Oh my God! No I, I know he's like they said the you know three hundred million dollar man or something, but Ooh. that's wonderful. I, I think that you know especially if he can go somewhere and help them. But if he could stay at the New York Yankees and give this new manager a chance, that would be awesome too. Yes, but I, I baby to to your question, I see uh, Girardi doing a, a good job. They, I mean, he was a catcher. Uh, I think it was like 15 years in mm-hmm. the in the major league, so he knows the game of baseball. Those guys usually really know the game. Mm-hmm. So as far as managing it, and you know, from what I read, they said that he's tough-minded individual. And New York is a they know whether it's baseball, whether it's football, whether it's basketball. The fans in New York know their sport, and that's one thing that I loved while I was with the Knicks is you would hear the wildest things come out of the crowd, but you would look and go, you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So uh, I think that he'll do a fantastic job, and I hope that Joe Torrey, unless he just retires and says forget about it, comes up and uh, leads another team to the World Series. Oh, fantastic. Well, wow. That gives me a new outlook on it because I didn't even know much about baseball. But, yeah, let's take some calls. Is there someone that has anything they want to say to us? 
online? No. Well, let me yeah. say, let, yeah. let's go into baby then our third segment, and that is Checking Love up. Talk. What do you want to talk about? Love Talk, relationships. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. I, I would have to say that this segment, you guys, is probably the closest to our heart, and it's the foundation which we live our lives by. And uh, we would like to share with you pretty much what our motto is. I know that you've seen it on my hand and my wife's hand, and it is infinite love. And infinite love to us means that is to put your partner first. And we'll slow it down a little bit. And this is something that I really, really, and this is Jackie speaking, enjoys talking about, and that is because marriage and the family is of utmost importance. And nowadays, you know, we can talk about lots of other things, but always in the forefront is the foundation of love. And whether that be in charities or in that be in your marriage or that be in your relationship, girlfriend and boyfriend, fiancé, whatever that is, please put your partner first. And what me and Doug always say is be committed to the commitment, the commitment that you made to each other or to the cause or whatever it may be. Just put your whole heart into it. Um, but speaking as far as marriage goes, we've been married for 12 years, 12 wonderful years, and we have faced quite a bit um, with uh, the media and people taking shots at the fact that we, you know, love each other so much and that Doug being a professional athlete and, you know, all the different uh, stories that's out there on us. And we just want to talk to you guys one-on-one, -on -one and we want to take your questions. We have a lot of callers on the line, and this being our first show, for some reason we're not able to hear you. So if you are asking a question, maybe each, all of you can hear, but we can't hear you for some reason. So um, in saying that, we do have a chat room, and please feel free to email us. I have it right here in front of me so I can see it and I can answer your questions. But I do have four questions that was emailed earlier um, that they wanted me to cover, and the first one being, how did me and Doug make it for 12 years with him playing professional sports in the NBA and not fooling around or us not headed to divorce court? How did we make it? And I will let my husband answer that. Well, I would say, baby, you, you covered a lot of it in in talking about infinite love because that's everything that we base uh, our marriage and, and life on is everything that we touch is love. But uh, more than anything, making it is being committed to the commitment because we have to understand that it, life isn't always peaches. Everything doesn't always go perfect. But at the end of the day, we are committed to each other. We love each other, and communication being the biggest thing that I think relationships face is something that we, on a day-to-day, -day, would make sure that we are in abundance of is communication. Whether that's talking and something that, you know, the sports writers try to write a lot about is me talking to my wife on the bus and what have you, but this is my best friend, so our communication doesn't stop at any point. Wherever I'm at, if my wife needs to talk to me or we need to communicate, that's what we need Oh, but of do. course, if you're on the court, I can't call you. Well, I can still <laughs> communicate with you. I, I throw the sign up to you and let you know that, that I'm still still thinking about you. But you're right. You, you can't talk during that time, and a lot of times you can't talk during practice and different times of the day or, or night. But we make sure that we're always touching, whether it's through the phone, whether it's through email, however we're doing it, to make sure that the communication lines stay open and free always. And that leads me to the next thing. There was a question from a fan. He said, I am a fan, but I'm also 
probably the biggest controversial person you guys will ever meet. I want to know, when Doug was out on the court and he put the sign up with his two fingers, what did that mean, and was that distracting to him playing the game? When he's on the court, if he's doing that, is he still focused on the game? And I, you know, took the liberty to email him back and, you know, tell him from all the interviews we've had before, absolutely, he is definitely 1,000% focused on the game. It became, after so many years, you know, in the 10th, 11th year of doing that, it became, you know, something that you do, you've done as a ritual, as a, you know, it wasn't just to me, it was also to the team and letting them know it's all right, no matter what, whether we're down by 15 or down by 20, we're together, and it's all about infinite love, and we infinitely love the game that we are standing here playing, and we're brothers, so we're going to go out here and we're going to battle together, and so that's what a lot of them didn't understand, and I got an email back from the gentleman saying, you know what, now I look at things totally different, this is, this is really I've never heard of this before. Usually I read all the different comments. So it was really touching that he asked that, and I wanted to make sure all the listeners heard it in case that was a question in their mind as well. You know, one thing that that is good about that is when people have the ability to communicate and ask you a question instead of going out, listening to all of the things that have been said and just jumping in and judging you that way. The fact that they listen, communicate, and then once he gets his response back, you see the man is open and understanding to to what exactly was going on. That, that's a good question. But. And that's, that I agree. I totally agree. The third question was, do you think that you will be joining a team again soon and if so, will you still make sure that you stand for your family first and foremost? Uh, that one's jumping off with love talk, but I will say that definitely <laughs> I am I'm always for my family. That's uh, that's what it's all about for me as far as uh, being the best husband I can be to my wife and father to our children and, and raising them every day. That's what, what life is about for me. Basketball is something that I love dearly and I work as hard as I possibly can to be the best basketball player and make it as easy for a coach to coach me as I possibly can. So my every intent is to be back this year, no question. You will see me back out there on the court, and I think that everyone will be surprised to see a uh, better Doug Christie if, if I could be that out there on the basketball court. Okay, and finally, sweetie, in this area is, are you guys going to be getting married again July 8th? 2008, and where are you going to be getting married? Because that will be your 14th wedding. Someone's counting, but I think that's actually our 13th. 14th. <laughs> no question. We will be getting married July 8th. And, you know, during during our time in the NBA and all that, for whatever reason, I was usually the one that would say, where we're going to get married at or what the theme is going to be. But last year my wife did it, and it was – tell them what you did. Go ahead. It was fabulous. We actually – my husband usually is the one. Doug, you know, you're the one that usually always pick what we're going to do. And, you know, each year is a different theme. Sometimes we get married in hard hats, like when we were building our house, or we get married, you know, for different meanings. And we invite our family and friends. And it's a tradition that we started. It was misconstrued a few times. So I'll set the record straight right now. You're hearing it from Jackie Christie. On November 1st, 2007, we started the tradition after we got married in 2000, or excuse me, in 1996. 
We had a fast wedding. My husband proposed on a Friday. We were married on a Tuesday, and it was a few family and friends in attendance, and we wanted to have everyone share in our day. So we got married the next year again, full ceremony, minister, the dress, everything, and we loved it. It just it was special to us to recommit to each other and just share in that. So we decided on that night that we would make it a yearly tradition for the rest of our lives. And that's where we are. And we've had 12 of them already, and we're coming up on 13. So back to what he was saying, he let me pick last year, and it was awesome. I ended up finding a little boat down in Seattle. It's a yacht that you could rent, and it was at Waterways Cruises, and you can rent them for the day. And we had never saw our city in such a beautiful light as we were able to see this year by going down there, um, myself and my husband and a good friend of his, one of his best friends, which was his name is Tyrone, and you'll read all about him if you pick our book up. And we <laughs> we enjoyed dinner and our wedding ceremony, and we just, another year of, you know, me and him standing side by side. We're soulmates, as he said earlier, and it was just an awesome special occasion. And then we had a big reception planned for after where my mom and our kids and our family and everybody was waiting for us, and we went and had a pretty big reception party and thanked everybody for coming together with us again because we couldn't fit all those people on that boat. So we had the reception after, and it was lovely. We just, you know, we ate cake and, and just shared in that whole family experience, and it's something that you can never get back. So all you couples out there, all you people thinking about getting married, make your marriage as special as you want to make it. It can be anything you want. You don't have to go along with what society says or what the status quo, quote, unquote, is. We do it our way. And you're going to catch some, you know, some back talk from a few people because they're going to say, that's weird, that's different. But what it really is is just not the norm. But they will soon conform and love what you're doing because they'll see. And anything that's positive and good is, is always, we're always for that. So, uh, and you know what, baby, I will say this about about recommitting every year and getting married again every year. It's a chance for the two of you That's right. to look in each other's eyes, to feel that love again every single year. You got 364 days till that next time, but let me tell you, once you do it, it's a special thing that you will never forget. And on top of that, what a lot of married people sometimes we hear is, well, how do you keep the love going? How do you keep this going? That feeling that you get after you get married stays with you and stays with you. And the more that we do it, the more that it stays with you year-round. And it helps you through anything that you go through. And it's just a beautiful time, I would say, of the year for us. Obviously, it's in July, so it's hot and nice, but it wouldn't <laughs> matter if it was in December because we would melt the snow. But it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. But the question is, what is going to be this year's theme? And you did so good last year. Okay. Take it away. Give me something. Okay, so this is a this is definitely privileged news because this I'm going to share with you too for the first time. Now, are we are we going with this? Or We're is this doing an idea? this. We're is going this with this. Okay. This is you said I can pick. So I'm telling everybody right now that's listening, all our callers, all the people out there in internet land that's that's tuning in right now. This coming July, God willing, of course, I'm still living and breathing and walking and talking and harassing my husband. Okay, I am going to take him. To, we are going to get married in New York City at Times Square, huh? and we are going to invite a bunch of other couples. I won't say how many yet because if it's up to me, it would be 15 couples, 20 couples, 100 couples. But we're going to invite them to come and get married with us 
in uh-huh. New York. And like we that. are going to have three days of having fun and celebrating the, the, the thing called love. You know, let's bring it back, everybody, because, you know, it's, it's a cold, cold world out there. It's a lot going on. We won't get political. You know, I really, uh, we stay away from that. But, you know, the fact that all that's going on around us, we've, we've got something that's special and something that's real. And for everybody, you know, I, I don't want to get religious either, but we believe in God. Spirituality is very strong in our house, and we have faith, and we definitely want everybody to know that it all comes from love. Everything does. And us having this show and us sharing our life with you guys is for you to, to call us, talk to us, interact with us. You got any questions? You got any topics you want to talk about? Like we said earlier, anything that's important to you that you want to discuss, we're here to do that with you every week on Saturdays. We will be here 5 o'clock, and we just want you to tune in. And I'll let my husband take it next because I know he's got lots of things he want to say to you guys, so I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the ride. You, you know, I, my wife always says that I'm a little bit more pessimistic, but I will say that love, no question, love is what is the cornerstone for everything. Even the haters out there, it all starts with love because you're loving somebody so much that you hate them. It's the <laughs> damnedest thing I've ever seen, but that's what it's all about. And we try to put that in in back to kind of talking philosophy we try to put that into everything that we do whether that is clothes that we make mm-hmm. you're going to find and you're going to see the love and quality in it whether it's our book we try to put the love into our book whether it's me speaking my game of basketball i hope that you get the passion and the love that i feel for the game and that i dedicate my time to because I love the game, and I want that to come out in in what I do. And my wife, anything that we're doing, business dealings, we try to do that, and we try to have people, when they leave uh, a business dealing with us, to say, you know, I like those guys. Those guys are real people, and I can see what everything is all about with them. They love each other, and they just want a good product, whatever that is. And we're going to keep on pushing and keep on going as far as any and everything that we have going on from our books to uh, our publishing, and and it's all going to be based on love. And that's one of the biggest things I would say that that keeps us pushing every day. And And we cannot, cannot close out this segment without talking about the different foundations that we are involved with. Um, we just want you guys to know that HIV and AIDS is very, very, very important. Mm. It is a topic that a lot of people shy away from and don't talk about, and we want to tell you that we have made a stand this year and this month and this week and this day to stand here as a family and bring attention and awareness to HIV and AIDS. There's a lot of people out there infected with the disease or that's going to be infected, and we would love to bring awareness so that they can prevent that. We have um, partnered with the Center for Disease Control in Washington, D.C. We also, and you can go to our website at Infinite Love Foundation, that's Infinite Love Foundation dot com, and you can go there and find out more information. We have a 14-year-old daughter that we've spoken about this evening lots of times, and her name is Chantelle, and she will be the Metro Teen AIDS National Spokesperson and Ambassador. We will be in Washington, D.C. on November 17th for her inauguration ceremony at Hillcrest Recreation Center, and there will be numerous government officials in attendance. There will be performances by other 
um, celebrity artist, and she will be getting the key to the city. And we just want everyone to know that our 14-year-old daughter is very honored to be chosen to be the Metro Teenage National Spokesperson. She also will be the National Spokesperson for the YMCA, actually the Washington, D.C. chapter, for 2008 as well. And we just want everyone to understand that our family is very, very, very faith-based and foundation in different foundations, and we want them to, all of you guys, to join in with us in this fight against HIV and AIDS because they're saying, especially in the African-American community and especially in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. that's the highest city, the highest rate is in D.C. itself. So we're going to start there, and we're going to go global if we have to. But to ignore that that's going on out there, it's not really helping anybody. And we you know, are learning about it ourselves and finding out more and more information and things that we thought um, to be true about that, we found that it isn't true. And so we just wanted to share that with you guys as well, that, you know, some of our programs will be dedicated solely to that and bringing awareness to that as well in the future. But that was just something that I wanted to share. I want to take some calls. There's a lot of callers on the line, but for some reason we can't hear you. Um, if you are there and you can speak, please please do so. But for yes. some reason. Hi. Uh, my name is Cindy. and oh, we could use um, Hi, Cindy. Hi. Hi, Doug and Jackie. Hi. Um, I'm calling from Washington, D.C., and um, the buzz around D.C. is that you guys are coming here on November the 17th, uh-huh. and um, and everybody's waiting for your arrival to come here, and and um, I've seen the flyers, flyers around town about your door being honored as a, by Metro Teen Age as a youth ambassador on HIV AIDS awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's really great, and I know that you and Doug are so proud. Yes, we are and, very honored, and oh, she is, too. That, she wanted us to share that. Oh, and also, I hear you guys have an HIV-AIDS Awareness Foundation. Yes. And um, that's great. It's good that you're trying to bring the awareness in the community. And I just want you guys to know that I have a niece and nephew that attends Howard University here in D.C., um, and they listened to your talk show with you and your husband and um, Chantel on Howard's radio. Uh-huh. And I hear that you did a fantastic job, and that is really, really great. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was her first radio show a couple weeks ago on Howard's radio station, and she was so happy. She's 14. She's already thinking about what college she's going to go to, and Howard is definitely high on her list. With Howard being the number one, you know, African-American college is, is very special, and all the different alumni they have there and the different things they teach there. She's, she was so thrilled when they said she could go on the radio. So we're still talking about Howard in this house. Guys, no can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Hello, this is Shannon. I'm with Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Hello. There's been a problem with your feed. Uh, we've taken your feed out of commission. I was listening to your show and noticed and noticed a love buzzing. If you could hang up and call back in, you'll get a separate feed and be live again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Does that include me? Did I, I stay? Hello. 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 Is this Mr. Doug Christie? Hello. 
Hello. Hello? Yes, somehow we got disconnected. Yes, somehow we all got disconnected. Everybody's back on with us live. We apologize. I guess they had a technical problem, but we're here. And I just wanted to um, say that my nephew and niece um, doing um, Howard's Homecoming Rush Week, that they saw quite a few of your daughter's promotional palm cards. Mm. And they was, told me that they were well-received at the homecoming event. And I just want to tell you guys that I'm looking forward for you guys coming to Washington, D.C., and I just want to encourage everyone to follow in your footsteps, and I just want you guys to keep up the great work, and we need more individuals like you in the community to bring this HIV-AIDS awareness, especially oh, in the black community. And I just want to commend you guys, and, and you guys are more like a role model for everyone, especially married couples. And you keeping that foundation in the family. You have your daughter involved, which is so fantastic. And I am looking forward to meeting you guys when you come into Washington, D.C. And I just want to tell you, just keep up the good work. And this HIV-AIDS Awareness Foundation you have is on target and on point. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. That is just awesome. And, you know, we, we have struggled. And if you know our story, you would know that we've been through, you know, yeah. I would say hell and back, but it's it's really an honor that people even believe in us enough to know that we are going to, you know, represent them well and all the different organizations that we're partnering with. We're just thrilled. And thank you for your call. It means the world to us, right? And I just want to say one more thing. You made, me, made a believer out of me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. You're quite welcome. Thank you. I don't know if you got off baby or not, but speaking on the fact of being proud parents of our daughter, I I can't even tell you how how proud we are of the fact that she would stand for something like that, not only being just a fantastic uh, young teen. uh, I just take my hat off to her for, for standing up and doing the things that she's doing because in our community, HIV and AIDS, even though it's not getting them much publicity now, Let's not be fooled in thinking that it has gone away because it, it, it has not. It is right there. It, it's going to be there, and we have to make sure that we educate ourselves and we're on top of our game. And I agree 1,000%. We've got so many callers on. I think some people are a little shy to talk, but I'm glad you're Hello? in. I'm glad you're tuning in to our radio show. We'll be here every Saturday, so this Saturday we will be having our official second launch on Saturday, and it will be on every Saturday from then on going into the future. And different shows will have different themes. Saturday will be sports. It will have a main base of sports, and we will have different guests on. There will be surprise guests on. And then the next week, I'll give you a little hint, it will be maybe an actress or actor. You'll have to tune in and check it out. But every show is going to be special. We wanted to use this one let you get to know us a little bit better and, and, and um, vibe with your host a little bit, ask any questions, you know, call in, and you'll be, you'll, you can feel free to do that, you know, on the other shows as well. Um, if there's any questions right now, we have about 14 minutes left in our show, and we'd love to take your calls. And anything you want to talk about, you got free free realm to do that. Hello. Yes, Hello. Callers on the line. Uh, Keith Hunt. Yes. Hi, this is Michael Tillery. 
Hey, oh my Mike. God. <laughs> how, you doing? Ma, how are you? Oh. I didn't know the format. I know we can just chime in at any time. Yes, um, yes. Good to hear your voice, man. Yes, good to hear you guys from you guys also. The one question I've always wanted to ask you guys, and I, I don't think I asked you when, when I interviewed you, was when you guys have a unique relationship, and, you know, you talk about the infinite love and um, everything that comes with your relationship, which I think is amazing. What really inspired uh, such a relationship? Did you, in, in your previous relationships you had with other people, was it something similar in terms of the format, or was this something that was just um, derivative of your uh, current relationship? Um, I, I, I think you asked that to Doug, but I'll answer my part of it. I can definitely say, Michael, never have I ever experienced this. They always say you got one love in life, and I would say Doug is mine. You know, you, you have relationships with other people and you, you know, you think that you love them or you care for them or whatever it may be because I don't really know how he felt about others. But this is the love of my life. This is infinite love. This is when you, you have that mature love, that love that you know no matter what, he's got my back and I got his and your soulmates. And I can think and he can think and I can know what he's thinking most of the time. We're just connected in that way. But I don't think that it comes you know, easy. I think it's all about really opening yourself up and your heart up to that person and saying, you know, I'm infinitely in love with you and I'm going to be there for you wholeheartedly and you communicate and then you grow to become soulmates. Yes, and, and Michael, I, was, I will add this to, to what my wife said is that this isn't something that we either saw when we were growing up either. Mm -hmm. Both of us come from single-parent households. Mm -hmm. And never did I feel like this ever in a in a relationship before my wife. The fact that I know that I can sleep well at night, I know that she has my back, that's a feeling that you can't, I can't describe it. You have to feel it and experience it to understand what I'm saying. And I think that that's a lot of times why things get misconstrued and people might not understand where we're coming that's from right. because being a soulmate, being my partner the way that she is, it's, it's a feeling that I would do anything for you because I love you like that and I got your back like that. And uh, it, it's it's touching for me because, uh, like I said, growing up and never having experienced it, when it came into my life, I knew it and I grabbed it and uh, I just hold it every day and, and respect it every day. And we want people to know, too, um, to, to kind of touch on that a little bit. Some ladies always ask me, and I, I have somebody emailing me right now asking me the same question, can you tell me how you know when a man is ready? And I tell them, I can't tell you how I know when your man is ready, but I knew when mine was, but it just it, everyone's different. And so what I would say is love him for who he is and be patient because I think it's different for a woman and a man. And I've gotten into debates with ladies a lot because they go, no, no, everybody feels it at the same time. But I really don't think so. I think men, you know, being the natural provider and the stronger one and the leader and that sort of they, they want to know, is this that right woman for me? We, as women, we're natural caregivers. We, we, give, we have babies and stuff. You know, that's my analogy of how I look at it, and I think that's why it's easy for us to give our whole hearts right away. And it just takes men, I think, a little longer. And like Doug told me, I always knew you was the one, but I didn't know for sure. And when I was for sure and I knew that you were her, I was ready to step up, and he's been fantastic and He's, he's what I want my son to grow up and be to his wife. And it's funny because all the things that Doug 
does, and he's caught a lot of heat from it from the media and different people saying, oh, he's an athlete, he's weak, he's this and that. My son has been able to decipher the two, and he takes only the good. He takes everything that my husband does, and he mimics that, and he wants to be that same way with his wife, and I want to put her first, and I want to treat her right, and I want to work hard for my family, and I want to, you know, all the right things, and he ignores, and he's only six. He ignores all that negative stuff that's out there. And so it, to me, I think that, you know, I just really wanted to share that, you know, some women that's listening, they're going to wonder, you know, well, yeah, they're, you know, Doug's an NBA player and they, they got a lot of money and there's a lot of different reasons on why they have it. I ain't going to have that. You can have that. Any of, anybody out there can have that. But you have to make that decision and it takes two. Both of you have to say, you're important to me as I am to myself. And if you really live that and feel that, you will become that and that's what you will be. Hmm. That's great. Uh, well, I'd like to say congratulations on the show. Um, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised when I heard about it, and um, <laughs> I will definitely be calling in on Saturday and talking more at length. Oh, thank you. We look forward to you, and I want everybody to know that you're fabulous, Doug, and I really respect your writing, and we follow you, and he's got great things, everybody out there, so please tune in, and he's going to give you his contact information and everything on Saturday, but you've got to wait till then. So you can hear from somebody that really knows sports and people, and he gets to the bottom line. Thank, Thank you so much for calling him, Michael. No problem, Doug. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys later. You okay. got it anytime. All right. All right. Bye bye. Yeah. So it's, it's it's wonderful, everybody out there. We're coming down to the last seven minutes of our radio show, and I'm actually enjoying this. I got a small glass of wine, and my husband's sitting here in front of me, and this is really intru- it's interesting and, and it's enjoyable all in the same. You know, we didn't really know what to expect. We knew it was going to be very fun and exciting, and it's only going to get better every time. So we, we really enjoy um, sitting here sharing with you guys all. Yeah. Do we have any more callers on the line, babe? Yes, we still have some callers on the line. Feel free to chime in if you want. I think a lot of people is kind of just, you know, feeling the vibe and listening. Yeah, that was the door going. But um, yeah, it's 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 been fabulous. We um, we want you all to tune in on Saturday, five o'clock. Uh, be here, and we are going to be talking about sports. You want to give them some like highlights of what they're going to cover? No, we're going to cover a little bit of everything in sports. Usually, we're going to talk about some of the hot topics. Then we're going to talk about a few things that you know I, I just like to cover and like to talk about. Maybe. Oh we'll... come on, you like to talk that controversial sports stuff. <laughs> That only guys know. <laughs> so maybe you know we might uh, look at some of the games of the day and see what was going on. Maybe talk a little football. Also, we'll just kind of jump around and uh, and see what's happening. No holds bar. And as always, we're going to touch on all topics, but the main topic is going to be a little sports. Definitely, and have your questions ready because we definitely want to know. And the first caller to call in and tell us what year Doug was drafted into the NBA will get a free book. And we will send it to you signed and autographed um, right to where you want to send to. No question. Chime them in, and uh, I can't wait. This has been fantastic. I'm, I'm really excited that we did this and we uh, we, we took a chance and, and got on Blog Talk Radio. It's fantastic. <laughs> and we know people want to take hits at us, and we're ready. Come on. We yeah. dare you. <laughs> no, but thank you, guys, and... I got a caller here. Oh, actually, they're they're emailing us. So, what year was it, honey? And I think they might have got it. 1992. That's right. Yep, you're the winner, and you will be getting a free book mailed to you. Jonathan Edwards, 
And let's see if your address is in here. I need your address, so please forward that. And thank you very much. Fantastic. Our first winner, Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. You, you will go down in the chronicle, sir. Thank you very <laughs> much. We hope that you enjoy the book. As always, I tell everybody, email us. Let us know what you think. Definitely, most definitely. And sorry about the little um, technical difficulty. We kind of assumed that might happen, get the kinks out, and then we'll be tuning back in on Saturday, and it'll roll smooth. We share. Talk Radio. Yes, Doug and Jackie Christie. Thank you.